And welcome to a fantastic episode of Who Gives a Hoot. Um, we are changing it up a little bit this week. Uh, Pierce is unable to join us, so I will be taking over the hosting experience. I am producer Pat, and alongside me is Luke. Luke, how are you doing, buddy? Well, you know, it's about to go into a nice long weekend. Um, turn 30 tomorrow, which, well, today, I guess that's when we're releasing. That, that's always fun. Yes, um, happy birthday. Um, no, drinking a drinking a Shiner Bock, tasty uh, tasty beverage, comes in nice sixteen ounce cans. Good, it's a good way to start start a long weekend. Good way to start a long weekend and a good way to practice for the case race. Well, you know, it's not really practice now; it's just maintaining. That's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure League One Unfiltered has a lot of training to do. Yeah, last I saw them, they were drinking soda, or like. Something fruity, but you know, you know, last time I saw they tried to shotgun a beer and they failed miserably. No, no, no. Cam, Cam did a good job, but I that that other one, no, Weston, yeah, well, we'll we'll have to show him. But I gotta I gotta bring it to you. What happened? Yeah, so if uh, if anyone was paying attention, so we had the finale of the FIFA tournament. It was me against players from Union Omaha, and I went zero and four. Yeah, it was, was it was a rough day at the office. I let everyone down. Um, most importantly, the fans and uh, Coach Jay, because uh, I talked I talked a lot. Of, I talked a lot. Talked a lot of game. Talked a lot of you know. You know, kind of did some things, kind of said some things, you know, and it turned out that they were better than me. I'm going to give you a quick comparison. Um, You know, you were basically talking smack on the team, like everyone else in League One has been doing, and they just showed up and trounced you. Like, well, if if you really want to, if we really want to get in on this, this is probably foreshadowing to what's probably going to happen this season. Very, very much so. Mm-hmm. So I fell into the trap. That's my that's my fault. But to everyone who participated, uh, congratulations. Uh, we will be working out a deal very shortly on how we're going to distribute your scarves. Um, and for the record, they are getting four scarves, and I am getting none. No scarves. No scarves no. for that. No scarves, but you know what? That's okay. Uh, later, later on in this uh, episode, we are going to have Matt Hominoff, and I am sure Matt is going to have a bunch of words for me. <laughs> Matt, Matt had some shade to throw at you, so I, I'm looking forward to the interview, and uh, I expect that we're going to have some some great news coming out of it, and coming out of him, coming out of the league. Yep, exactly. So we are we have a jam-packed episode with Matt on, so we are just going to jump right into it. Hey guys, before we get to the interview, I want to talk to you guys about Global Scarves. Global Scarves is the premier supplier of custom soccer scarves, beanies, blankets, and other great fan merchandise. They have the lowest pricing to maximize your fundraising needs and to produce at the highest quality in Europe, where soccer was born. They know the product, and they know what it means to put that scarf on for match day. They work tirelessly to make sure that you are outfitted to support your club. Email Global Scarves now to find out more information on the process or to get a free design mock-up for your group or club at kyle at globalscarves.com. 
And we would like to welcome on our probably the most recurring guest of, of the show history, um, COO of Union Omaha, Matt Hominoff. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Pat. Thanks for having me on, guys. Well, Matt, you've had a – well, it sounds like the league's had a busy day uh, announcing what the format's coming out. It's something we've been, well, unfortunately long awaiting. Uh, and it seems like we're going to have – a have a pretty competitive season. We're, we're not going down and thrashing Miami like we were supposed to start out with. But, you know, what, what are your thoughts on uh, how, how this format's uh, turning out? Yeah, so everything you said is correct. Um, the, uh, you know, I've, I've got a lot of thoughts, but I think you can break them up into two, into two um, general categories. One is um, on the health and safety protocols which are obviously going to be at the forefront of every conversation uh, about scheduling and about games um, for the foreseeable future. You know, I, I think we can all agree there's going to be a really long time when that doesn't lead off a conversation. So from that perspective, I, I want to give credit where credit is due. The league office, um, our, our friends down in Tampa, uh, have moved mountains and, and kept plowing ahead despite – an absurd number of logistical challenges and variables and unknowns and got us to where we are now. And, and we all need all soccer fans, all fans of USL league one, all fans of union Omaha need to be grateful for the support and, um, and logistical help that they've all provided. The other category that, that is worth noting, but clearly in the context of 2020 cannot be put at the same level is the competitive side. Uh, and the competitive balance or lack thereof. And you alluded to it there, Luke. Unfortunately, we're in a situation where it is not a balanced schedule. Uh, we're not in a, in a situation like you see in the biggest leagues around the world where everyone plays everyone home and away. And the standings could end up suffering as a result. You, you very well could have a situation where um, a team that is worthy of, of being rewarded with, in this case, uh, postseason play, the top two go on to the League One final, may very well not get there because they didn't have the same matchups as, uh, as the team that they were battling out with. Um, and the real shame of it could be they may not even get a chance to face that team on the field if it comes down to it. So uh, those are unfortunately in the context of this season secondary to, help, to the health and safety protocols. I don't think anyone uh, listening, any rational fans listening, and I know that may be a, uh, a misnomer, um, would say uh, – would say that we should we should prioritize um, competitive balance over the overall health and safety of our players and staffs, um, but it's it's definitely something that bears discussion in that it is not a balanced schedule and and as you alluded we will not be playing Fort Lauderdale um, and we will be playing Madison four times so literally double the amount of times as all of the other teams with the notable exception of Tormenta and, um, and Richmond, who we only play once each. Now, Matt, that just sounds like you're making excuses already. It's not, it's not an excuse. All right. But I, I think, I, and, and I know that anyone at the league office or really any fans could say, oh, come on, you have no idea who's going to be good and who's not uh, before the season has kicked off. It's a clean slate. But I, I think anyone who watched League One last year knows that with the notable exception of North Texas, and they obviously were the outlier, the MLS reserve teams were less competitive on average than the independently owned teams. That's a very general statement. So when you tell me that we have to play the brand new MLS reserve team, a team that doesn't even have 
what, 15 players on their roster, if that, zero times. And an independent team that we know has the best fan base outside of Omaha, the most rabid support, a fantastic ownership group and growing brand, uh, and, and all of the positives that Madison brings to the table four times, I, I don't think anyone rationally looking at this would say that that's a great deal for us. Well, Matt, all I can say to that is it's a good thing that training is back to 100% now. Yes, I agree. <laughs> um, so let's talk about some of the new guidelines that are now out there because um, because of COVID-19 and, our, and this new return to play policy. Um, one of the biggest things that struck me the most was, was how we have to kind of now reorganize our stadium. Um, to kind of help, you know, to kind of, you know, separate fans, you know, from the players and even in warmups or during the game. What changes do you see coming to Werner Park in terms of this? Uh, that is, that's a tricky one. Uh, how much time do we have? <laughs> uh, we have all the time in the world, Matt. <laughs> yep, yep. So, so it, you know, first and foremost are the capacity issues. You know, we're only, as of right now, we're projecting around 2,400 uh, seated because of the distancing guidelines that we are required to go through. So um, the only way to be 100% sure, as always, that you're getting into all the games is a full season ticket, regardless of whether that's a seat or on the berm. Um, That being said, I definitely think we're going to have a couple of hundred individual tickets available, first for groups, defined as groups of 20 or more, so that's corporate groups, uh, private groups, whatever the case may be, Uh, and then individual tickets. If fans are banking, though, on being able to just simply walk up on the day, I would definitely check the website ahead of time just to make sure we have the inventory available. Well, Uh, So beyond that, distancing at all of the um, at all of the concession stands, all of the uh, all of the restrooms everywhere in the park entry, you name it. That's what we're doing. Now, de- definitely a good thing you have uh, two season ticket holders on on with you today. Um, yeah. Now we're we'll, we'll definitely be at every every home game out there at Werner Park. Uh, where where we're looking at the full season training, I, I know that minor league baseball has, uh, I believe, as of the first or thirtieth or the first, canceled their season uh, for the year. So yes, we now Werner Park 2020 essentially is is a Union Omaha venue. What? How is that going to help us, or are there ways that that is going to detract or cause some other issues that will um, arise that we wouldn't have necessarily foreseen because of that um, that la- or lack of a MIL season um, you know that's a great question Luke um, I think that the number one thing to keep in mind is field flips so we don't have to flip the, once we flip it to soccer we don't have to flip it back to um, we, we don't have to flip it back to baseball until our season ends at the end of October uh, so that's the number one thing it, it provides us the opportunity to run soccer events in ways that we didn't think we were going to have the opportunity to, because of course, baseball, uh, we would have been flipping back to baseball for storm chasers, homestands multiple times per month. So this opens up conversations with youth soccer clubs, adult soccer, 
uh, whatever we can do to make the um, the park that much more of a soccer asset to the local community uh, are things we're going to be exploring, of course, based on um, and limited by local uh, local um, regulations. Now, this is going to be kind of a baseball more oriented question for you, Matt. So I don't know if you're going to have an answer to this or not. But since we're not flipping the field as much anymore, is there going to be any impact to the field itself at the end of the season? So that's a good question. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what the impact would have been for baseball because baseball obviously does not provide the wear and tear on um, on uh, on the field of play in the same way that soccer does. You just don't have the same impact. You know, it's important to remember that, of course, in baseball, they're on the dirt more than they're on the grass in terms of running. Um, so with that in mind, it's, it's a really tough call because we haven't seen it yet. We haven't experienced what a, a full season of soccer games is really going to be like. Well, what, the guys have been out there training, and I, I've seen uh, the photos, Instagram, and that the team's been sharing. And it seems like the diamond's still out there. Uh, it is and will be until the end of all, until the end of July. But every every player I've heard talk about it has said how great the the surface is that they've been practicing on. Um, as we get to the ability to have full team uh, contact training, uh, are are we going to be trying to figure out different configurations or different locations to hold practices at? So that way, we're giving our our players the uh, greatest ability to scrimmage and, and play a true competitive practice? So it's, it's a great question, Luke, and, and certainly uh, a thoughtful one. The reality is, is we are limited, um, as we will be in every year, as to what we can do at Warner Park because of the baseball configuration. Uh, I'll say that we're doing our best, but the simple truth is, is that there's only so much space in the outfield. So you essentially have two half fields in the outfield while it's in a baseball configuration. Um, and there's nothing in terms of experimenting with the actual layout of the field itself. Once we lay it down, we lay it down, and that's the rectangle that we play on. Um, so the reality is, is that the Storm Chasers have a variety of baseball special events throughout the month of July. So it won't be until that final week of July that you'll see it flipped for the soccer season. So kind of moving away a little bit from the field itself, um, again, one of the new guidelines is that you have to socially distance when it comes to parking now. Um, at least that's one of the recommendations they have. Does Union Omaha have anything in place now on tackling uh, since we have to keep a full six distance apart from the cars? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. Um, if that is indeed the guideline and the recommendation, uh, once we head into our first games, then the answer will be yes. We'll absolutely uh, be spacing cars out according to the guidelines uh, that we are um, required to work under. Uh, that being said, it's impossible to know, you know, three, four, five weeks out what those guidelines will ultimately be. So we'll plan for every eventuality and continue to ask for and appreciate our fans' patience uh, when it comes to actually enacting those uh, those protocols. So uh, just a little follow-up on that. Um, what do you have – or does the club itself have anything in place right now on tackling tailgating? Is that still going to be a thing for Union Omaha games? 
So here's where I'll tell you that I've been to enough events in my time, soccer and otherwise, that I would never want to tackle a tailgater. <laughs> uh, the, 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 simple, the simple truth there is if we can have tailgating, we absolutely will. It's part of the culture, um, not just in Nebraska, but, but nationwide. Um, and, and it's going to be a huge part of what we can offer our fans in terms of their day out at the park. So we are absolutely looking forward to doing it responsibly uh, and under the guidelines that are provided by the state and local health authorities um, and doing so responsibly. Uh, the, the key there is, you know, some obvious ones, you know, use your head. Um, don't don't bring glass because it's a concrete surface. Uh, don't bring any dangerous, uh, dangerous items, no open fires. Uh, there's plenty of grills, by the way, uh, provided from our friends at Omaha Steaks strategically placed throughout the parking lot at Warner Park. Uh, so there's all of the ingredients are there. Uh, all of the landscape is there for some really fun tailgates. We just have to convince our fans that it's worth their time to get there when the lots open at 4 p.m. for a 7 p.m. kickoff. Now, Matt, that, that leads just beautifully, beautiful lead in for, for what I, I, I got to ask. Uh, obviously, there have been some talks of expansion. Uh, Portland, Maine, near to where both you and I grew up, uh, coming, thinking of coming into League One in 2022, going to give us that tailgate option of surf and turf with that Omaha Steaks grills. Like, that, that sounds real yes. nice. But this year, we're going to need something before, and if it sounds like August is going to be the, the as soon as we have home games, uh, based on what you said about the field flip, uh, what are what are we going to have for options to get that tailgate on? You know, get some of that really good food that we know we're going to have out there be, before then, because the season's supposed to be starting on the 18th. I, I got to imagine we're we're playing games uh, in the next couple weeks. Okay, um, so so if I'm understanding the 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 question correctly, you're you're asking what we can do for tailgating or what we can do for food options? Yeah, before I, that, I mean, it seems like we we got to give it a dry run of uh, seeing what what uh, tailgate, what sort of food we can have out there at the park. Um, so that that's the beauty of the tailgates. It's BYO F and B. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see the creativity uh, for both food and drinks uh, of our fans. Um, I can tell you that we've had conversations with a lot of local vendors, including uh, one of our mutual favorites over at the Corner Kick uh, regarding things like signature cocktails. Um, but I'm, I'm anxious to see what our fans come up with in terms of creative uh, options, because if there's one thing I love about my job, it's being able to take a golf cart out into the parking lot before home games and visiting tailgates and hoping that they, uh, they hook me up. Well, are we going to maybe have a chance uh, before that I, I believe in other interviews have said August 1st is our, our likely first home game. Uh, any chance out at Werner park to, uh, to get out there? No, it, see, there's some great watching opportunities, throw something up on that jumbotron. That, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked it, Luke. Uh, what we're planning on right now, and, and let me clarify one at one point you just made, we cannot have a game any earlier than August 1st uh, at the park. And that's because of special events that our friends at the Storm Chasers have set up. So while I can't comment or guarantee that there would be a game on August 1st, I can tell you there won't be a game before August 1st. What I can tell you is, is that if the league grants our request for an away game 
on Wednesday, July 22nd. What we're planning right now, and this is the first time I've mentioned this publicly, is a pickup at the park event where we have a ballpark meal, um, similar to what we did with the pulled pork sandwiches back at the end of May, available for pre-purchase. It doubles as an opportunity for season ticket holders to come and pick up their scarves. We'll include some fun swag in the, uh, in the meal purchase as well. And then that would roll right into a watch party at Warner Park, either in the Jack Daniels Club uh, or on the video board at Warner Park, or maybe both, uh, depending on logistics and numbers and what the regulations are, uh, right afterwards. We're projecting probably a 7 p.m. local time kickoff for that away game, assuming it's against an opponent in the central time zone, uh, which is never a guarantee, and then, uh, and then see where we can go from there. Well, you got me all hyped up for that event there, Matt. It's all fun and games. Right, it's all fun and games until you're staring in the sun at 7 p.m. Exactly. Well, that all fun and games kind of goes into my next question I have for you. Um, do you have anything planned right now as far as halftime entertainment for when the season does finally kick off? Uh, uh, you're, you're, you hit Uh-oh. a nerve there, Pat. Uh-oh. You hit a nerve. The, 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 simple, the simple truth is we had some great plans. Um, you know, anyone who knows me knows that I'm a big fan of getting creative with the breaks in play because quite frankly compared to other sports notably baseball soccer just has so few of them we've essentially got pre-game halftime and post-game whereas you know baseball has 18 breaks between innings at a minimum so getting creative at halftime is absolutely something that's at the core of what i believe the fan experience should be Uh, but unfortunately with the health and safety protocols it's it's probably not going to be realistic in 2020 for us to have that type of fan interaction on the field uh, of play. We It just means we have to get that much more creative on the concourse. And whether that's live music or um, uh, other interactive games and contests on the concourse, uh, if, if our fans come up with it, then we absolutely... Uh, I'm going to pitch it now, Matt. Dog soccer. Dog soccer. So as long as we can do it on the berm... <laughs> and not on the field of play, I'm all for it. Uh, pups at the park, or pooches at the park is what I think they, the Storm Chasers called it. Um, if, if we can pull that off, we're going to do it. Well, as we mentioned, the full team training has started again, and we're still missing one, one member of our signed squad. Um, and you'd mentioned in, in some other interviews that we're looking to sign three to four more players. Uh, where, what's the status on Toby? Um, we know he's been participating in zoom calls with the, with the team. And, uh, unfortunately COVID hit at the absolute worst time to get him over here. So where, where's he at? So Toby, Tobias Otieno, a player that we signed at the very beginning of the season, really in the off season, unfortunately has been in Nairobi, Kenya, unfortunately for us has been in Nairobi, Kenya since, um, since we signed him. Uh, We were in the process of getting his work visa approved through the U.S. Embassy in Nairobi uh, when COVID hit. And unfortunately, the the embassy closed and we were unable to complete that process. Um, So we have been in regular contact with both him and his agent, uh, primarily through Zoom. And uh, and we're hopeful that with the formal reopening of the U.S. Embassy in Nairobi, Uh, this past Wednesday, July 1st, that there'll be a resolution soon. I can tell you 
that uh, that as soon as we get the go ahead, we will absolutely let our fans know and we will welcome him in true Union Omaha style when he's able to come to Omaha. So who are those other three to four? That's a great question. We uh, we have trialists coming in and out uh, of the team in training uh, subject to all the health and safety protocols. Uh, and we're hopeful that we'll be able to announce some player signings in the next, uh, let's say, week to two weeks, I think is a fair time frame. Um, but, but the reality is, is that until the college season kicks off at the end of August, uh, we're not in a position to say our, our roster is truly final until it has so to be. So what do we have to do, Matt, to have one of those trialists be Harry Kane? Uh, yeah, that would take what I'm going to guess his release clause <laughs> from Tottenham is somewhere in the hundred million euro range. Uh, so yeah, I, w- I would say one or two fairly large. Okay. Clauses. So we will start a GoFundMe page for Union Omaha to bring Harry Kane over. That's, that's what I'm hearing. Right, Luke? Um, I'll pass on the Harry Kane, <laughs> <laughs> but I, we're, we're definitely getting, getting towards a season in whatever form it, it takes. We have the format now, but we, we need that schedule. Uh, do you have any ideas of who our first game is going to be against? And where can I uh, – is it going to be a place that has a functioning stadium that they can use and an airport nearby that I can book a ticket to? So I, I have a general idea. We're working through a draft now. But unfortunately, the reality is, is that outside of Omaha – I can't guarantee you that any venue we're going to play in will, will allow fans. So the, the reality, the unfortunate reality of what we're working with is for our fan base here in Omaha, come out to our games and enjoy them live. But when it comes to the away games for at least the month of August and potentially longer, we would absolutely recommend that you socially distance responsibly. You lose them? Matt, are are you still there? We might we might have lost Matt Hominoff. We we socially distanced him away. Mm-hmm. Just following those new uh, guidelines. New guidelines. Mm-hmm. It, it, but I, I do. Matt, we Matt, lost we you, lost you there that. for about yeah halfway through that. So if you want to repeat the <laughs> thought process there for us, we would have. Sorry, sorry about that. What was the last thing you heard? Uh, it was social or recommend social distancing in accordance to guidelines for traveling away. And then. Gotcha. So yeah, uh, we, we definitely want to recommend that, um, that fans, uh, you know, come to our games, uh, and then enjoy the away games responsibly in, uh, in the comfort and setting of either their own home or at our bar and restaurant partners for our, um, for our official watch parties when it comes to the actual opponent though i do think it's it's most likely that it's going to be one of the opponents in the southeast and not madison uh who of course we play more than anyone else well from what i've heard uh, since if we're going to play madison more than anyone else and we have those away games they don't have access to a field right now um have you been in talks or heard talks around the league of other teams in similar situations where they don't have a, a place to play. I know that's happened in the championship with uh, a few teams, but Madison's the only one I know about it in USL one. Yeah. The, the, um, the unfortunate reality there is, is that yes, we've been in touch with teams, but nothing concrete. So every team that we plan on playing this year, 
does plan on playing in their own venue if they're allowed to. Madison doesn't know right now with 100% certainty, at least based on my last conversation with them, where they can and cannot play, which is why they're making contingency plans as we speak to play in inappropriate venues, either in Madison or just outside or whatever the case may be. So I don't, I don't want to speak for them. I, I can't comment on what their specific plans are. I can only tell you that we're willing to go wherever it takes to get the game in, and we plan on bringing the strongest team possible to do that. So, Matt, let's let's t- talk about a hypothetical example here. So let's say Richmond is our very first team that we're going to play against. Um, what do you expect the travel to look like uh, trying to follow you know, new uh, social distance guidelines? So the, the protocols that the league put forward are, are definitely um, uh, designed to keep the, the players and staff's health and safety at the forefront. Uh, so it involves PPE from the time they leave the market all the way until they get into their hotel rooms. Uh, it's being in single hotel rooms unless they're with someone that they already live with, i.e. a roommate. Uh, it's social distancing on all ground transportation, such as buses. Um, and doing all of the things that the airline provides uh, for the commercial flights that our players will be ultimately be on. Now, as as we start building up uh, in the next couple of weeks, you have some fantastic bar partners uh, that are going to be hosting um, various events and have have hosted some various events for everyone. How? What? But. With more of those partners, we ha- we have our Blackstone uh, district, which is housing a lot of those uh, a lot of our players. How uh, how are the players holding up right now? They've obviously had to kind of shelter themselves a little bit more than necessarily they may have had before. Um, is everyone testing negative? Are are their spirits still high now that they're finally getting something out there? So I. I- I cannot tell you um, in terms of testing protocol because of HIPAA regulations, but I can tell you that we would publicly announce if a player or staff member did indeed test positive. So thankfully I don't have any announcements um, on that front. What I can tell you is, is that the resilience of our players from a mental um, as well as a physical standpoint continues to uh, just simply be awe-inspiring to me right now. The fact that our players continue to be grateful for the opportunity that they're being provided in a professional setting. And all you have to do is look down our roster to see how many of them are first year professionals uh, to be that much more amazed by this. Um, the, The job that Jay Mims and his staff has done to keep our players actively engaged um, and excited about this opportunity is, is nothing short of amazing. So I I will continue to say that if there's another League One team that is doing more for their players to keep them ready and on their toes and and ready to get going once the season does kick off, uh, I want to know about it because I I don't know of anyone who's doing more uh, or doing a better job than we're attempting to do every single day for our players and staff. All right, Matt. Well, it's finally come down to it um we have an idea of what our season is going to look like what it's all going to entail but i need it we need to talk about something that happened this off season or while we've been kind of paused and play the fifa tournaments between who gives a who and union omaha um, uh, don't, don't bring the rest of us into it pat 
<laughs> so obviously I talked a lot of smack on the players saying they weren't good enough seeing them from the USL. Obviously I've been proven wrong. I've gone 0 and 4 and now oh everybody uh scarf. So I guess from from the bottom of my heart I'm so sorry that I doubted uh Union Omaha and their FIFA skills. Uh do you have anything to say to follow up to this 0 and 4 uh debacle I'm in? I I, I don't want to shovel dirt on the grave. I really don't. <laughs> the the simple reality. Well, l- let me correct you there. It was 0 and 3 against players. We started you out against a staff member. That's um, true. That is but, true. But 0 and, 0 and 3 against players. I, I would just offer that you saw firsthand and anyone who watched those, those broadcasts via Twitch firsthand that the FIFA competition that the league put together was a heck of a lot more competitive than I think most people gave us, gave them credit for. I think a lot of fans were in your, your shoes there, Pat, where they were seeing a level of play that they thought that they can compete at. But the simple truth is, is that there were some really good FIFA players in there and a very high level of, of games were played. Um, and that was proven, of course, after the fact. You know, there were a lot of limiting factors and a lot of variables in that FIFA tournament. You know, you didn't get a chance to choose your team. We were forced to use Norway all the way through. And not that Norway is bad, but it's probably not the first country our players would have chosen. So especially in the case of Damia, we all know who he would have chosen. So the the point is, is that, um, you know, I, I think there's some credit that's due to the players that ended up participating on our behalf in that tournament and how well they ultimately did. Um, and I, I would uh, offer you nothing but congratulations on games well played uh, and sticking your neck out for uh, for the opportunity to go against our players in that as well. All right, Matt. A lot I'm, more I'm humbling huckles than I thought it was going to go. <laughs> Matt, I'm going to throw you one more one more question here before we we'll let you go. Uh, we are going into a season against some very tough opponents um, since there's no promotion relegation in the U S level of tier of which you play at doesn't matter uh, for how good your team is. What's going to be that first score. I, I, I don't care who against, but I, I, I need your prediction now. So I, I'm going to go conservative here. It's important to remember it's on the road, right? We, we know we're going to open up on the road or we're fairly confident we're going to open up on the road simply because of the, the conflicts at Warner Park. So if you consider that we're going to open up on the road in our first ever competitive match, um, I, I think it's fair to say that we, we play it KG in that game, fight it, fight it out for the tie, but then steal it at the end with a 1-0 historic victory. So I'm going to go 1-0 in that very first game. Oof. Oof. Uh, it's well, I respect Sorry, it's not going to be until we get home that we really turn on the Jets and start running up the scores. All right. I, I can respect it. I, I, I'm i not happy to hear you saying our first game is going to be 1-0 in competitive play, but, you know, it's a win. A win is a win. Uh, but thanks for joining us, Matt. Uh, really appreciate taking the time out of your day, especially one as busy as as this. Uh, and we we look forward to the schedule actually getting dropped now that we have the format out there. And you know, we'll, we'll see you out at Werner Park as soon as we can. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Awesome. It's always great to have you on, Matt. Thank you. You got it. Take care, guys.